0: This is episode number four of the Ask the Church Collective podcast. One of the questions that we get asked pretty often is how can I connect with more worship leaders in my local context? And um, we've had the opportunity to get to know a-, a gal named Callie Garrett, who has been one of the key players in the Charlottesville Worship Collective, which is a, a group of worship leaders that not only get together, um, pray over each other, live life with each other, but get together for citywide worship nights and have really been seeing God do some tremendous stuff. So in this episode, I picked their brains on, on what it would take to do something like that in your local context. So this is really neat. And if you don't have much going on in community with worship leaders in your area, this is a great place to start. Um, As always, we're really enjoying the response that, that we're getting for the Ask the Collective podcast here as we're just getting going. But if you have a question and you want to have your voice heard on the podcast, you can call... 209-326-0933 and we'll feature you on the podcast or you can send us an email through the site or catch any of us on social media tweet at us instagram we're all over the place so if you have a question we'd love to hear from you we'd love to get you on the podcast and talk it through this is for by worship leaders and for worship leaders sorry i stumbled over my tongue there but it's really cool and, and i'm absolutely loving the conversations that are coming out of this new podcast so we hope you enjoy the ask the collective podcast episode number four
1: it started with uh, a meeting that was set up by a friend of mine between me and another worship leader in the area that had just moved here. And so we sat down and we're talking about worship collectives that he had been a part of in um, other cities that he had lived in before he came to Charlottesville and how valuable those connections were. And um, so just in talking about it, since I had been here the longest, <laughs> um, I decided that I would reach out personally to worship leaders in the city that um, I could find contact information for. And uh, this guy Dave and I sat down and came up with like a purpose for our collective and what our vision was for bringing people together. And I shot that out in an email to everybody personally and invited them to come to a, a gathering. And uh, everybody responded with, like, a resounding yes, I want to come be a part of that. Um, Because what we were saying was this is going to be a place to resource people, to build community, um, to encourage one another. And I think that in especially worship ministry, it can kind of be a lonely thing, um, especially when you're serving with a staff of non-creative people. (laughs) It can be uh, a little hard to... Find your place. And so to be able to build community with like minded people was something that uh, worship leaders seemed to be interested in. So we got together and met other worship leaders in town, had a great time. And um, from that place, we started to get together monthly and build friendships, um, and just started to, to do more and more things together, mm-hmm. which eventually grew to be something that really impacted our city.
0: Yeah, so were these monthly meetings like coffee shop kind of stuff? or We just it? do it at different churches. I think okay. a, a couple of
2: practical things that, that we've found, first of all, I think musicians wanna, like like Kelly said, musicians wanna hang out with other musicians, and worship leaders wanna hang with other worship leaders. So. It was uh, easier than, than we thought to get people together. And the second thing is, which I think is a universal truth, people will come if there's if there's some sort of food or coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so we just do it at different churches, and we'd have bagels or, or whatever. Um, bounce it around to different churches as well, uh, which helped other people take ownership. If right. we if it moved to a different uh, a different church the following month, yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: and then different people can facilitate. And kind of cover whatever discussion topic might be relevant to them. And when you meet in somebody's facility, like in a room, it gives you just a little bit more privacy for your meeting. You know, so if you want to get around somebody and pray, maybe they're really struggling with something, and you want to support them in some way, um, it just gives you a little bit more freedom to to be able to do that. To kind of be in a in a location like that instead of being in a coffee shop, um, which can just create maybe a little bit more of an awkward feel if you're having an intimate conversation about something or, you know, dealing with something like that.
0: So tell me a little bit, um, when you started this, what did you just like go through a directory, find worship leaders? Like what, what was your, what was your plan of attack?
1: Uh, Google (laughs) was my best friend. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, I literally just went to church websites from our city and looked for on the staff page people that were listed for worship, pastor, worship leader, music minister, whatever it might be, and um, found email addresses. And so that's where we started. And then it was through relationships or through different connections where we would start to invite other people who might be part of churches that didn't have that information listed.
0: Yeah, and you're saying you got like a good response pretty much right out the gate when you started emailing yes. that way. Yeah. Well, how many did we have our first one? Thing?
1: I. Fourteen?
2: Fourteen people. I think I think what what I've really loved about it that, um, I think we I think what we did well is we didn't go into it trying to take over the city and have all these massive worship nights and mm-hmm. do all this, these great things. For me it seemed very relational, like Kelly said, where she did I did get, get an email from someone I had met and hey, come to this worship uh, worship uh, leaders get together. But once you, you meet all those other worship leaders, it's just relational. And for me, I just want to be with other musicians. I want to write songs with other musicians and worship leaders. And that naturally moved into doing a lot more um, nights of worship, things like that. But for me, I've always been passionate about um, just the relational side of it. Uh, I think if you start the other way around, it can be a little harder. If you don't have those built-in relationships and you just want to do big events, that
0: can sometimes feel a little
2: forced.
0: Yeah, to me. yeah. So that's yeah. that's good advice for anybody that's listening to this to really start it, um, rather than having like these big aspirations for I'm going to make this big thing and a big concert and all that. But maybe start just go meet with somebody and form that yeah. relationship. Yeah, yeah that's really good. Yeah,
1: I had um, somebody ask me one time, you know. We were talking about these nights of worship that we do for our city and they were saying, you know, have you found that there's been difficulty aligning vision or priorities? Like have you had to fight any of that um, as you've moved towards these nights of worship? And my response to them was, no, we haven't had to because we started with the foundation of relationship. You know, we started with the foundation of knowing that we wanted to be friends, we were for each other, we were supporting each other, and so out of that place was born a desire to do things together and to bring our city together. And so when you start it like that, um, you don't have to fight or there's not competition because you already have that foundation of mutual trust and respect for each other.
2: Yeah, I think also, um, yeah, we, we haven't had many relational, much relational. We've done quite, we probably five or six worship nights maybe. We've had, you know, tension here and there, but for the most part, it's pretty much everyone kind of puts, um, puts aside their, 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 their role, their job description, their church. And it is a team effort. No one really tries to, to run the show. I think if you ever, if you were ever in on a rehearsal, no one really wants to be in charge, (laughs) which is just a beautiful thing. And eventually someone jumps in and decides they need, they should run the rehearsal. But I mean, it's been nice. Not it's never, it never feels like this power struggle of a bunch of musicians trying to, Trying to, you know, it's just been very natural and, and enjoyable. Hmm. I think that, that's why it, we've had a lot more success is because of that um, natural
0: yeah. you know, thing that we're talking about. So tell me a little bit of, as you started meeting, as you started forging these relationships, how did the worship night, uh, like the citywide worship night thing, come about? What was, it, what was the first one? Was it? Was the the Paramount?
1: Paramount? Yeah. yeah,
0: first one was at the Paramount, um, which
1: is a local theater in town, it seats about a little over a thousand people downtown
2: so we had yeah go ahead
1: oh i don't know how it came about um i think we were just dreaming one day in conversation saying wouldn't it be awesome if we could bring our churches together for a night of worship and um i really think that it was just the idea came up and happened to be talking to somebody from my church that was really passionate about this kind of thing and he said well if you want to make it happen i'll help you mm-hmm. and uh we were like okay, sure. Um, And so he was the one that really kind of helped us get our ducks in a row to to do what we needed to do to pull it off. Um, And so it really just, I think that's all it was.
2: Yeah. And then we went, I mean, since we'd already had those relationships, it was easier for everyone to get on board. And then, you know, we, we don't, I mean, we have, I don't know how many churches we have part of the collective now, probably 20 ish, maybe a little bit more, but so that's when we we made another big push and tried to get as many churches on board. I think participating is, is, is the main thing we want. We wanted every worship leader in Charlottesville on stage. Um, and one way we did that was just by having a choir where, you know, a 30 person choir and it was, it was a kind of a rock worship set, but we just had a choir the whole time and that helped get, um, whoever wanted to, And however um, skilled they were at singing or not, we accepted everybody because a choir is just, you know, a very chill way to get up and sing the melody. Yeah. So I think that helps. So everyone that came, for the most part, saw their their worship leader on stage and felt loved or felt part
0: of it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Speak a little bit to um, how did all the senior pastors respond to this? Was there a lot of buy-in and help on their part, or was this kind of the musicians doing their thing?
2: I think there was definitely buy-in, but I think it was, more, it was definitely more so from the worship leaders. I think a lot, it, de- it depended church to church. church. I'd say for the most part, um, um, just seeing what the worship leaders had had already kind of accomplished relationally with each other. Yeah. It was easier for them to get on board. And I know most of our our pastors here in town, too, get together as well. So they all knew. I think it's a very well-connected city, church-wise, where a lot of the pastors already knew and respect most of the other pastors in town.
1: And I think that um, once they saw, like, once we pulled off the first event and they were able to see um, what it was going to look like and and just the impact that it was going to have, um... After that came a lot of buy-in from churches, I think. Because from that point, um, when we started talking about our next event to be at the same theater the following year, most of our churches were willing to put forth money um, to help us get the deposit for the event itself. And okay. so you have, you know, seven, eight churches that are willing to fork over some cash to put on an event like that, And that tells me that people are really bought into it and they believe in it.
0: Sure. You speak a little bit to... Um when you're putting your set lists together, how did you manage all the I guess maybe speak a little bit towards the different backgrounds and the different denominations or musical styles? Like how did you bring that all together?
2: I think the first year, um just a few of us, I would say um, like I said before, no one necessarily was really trying to to be in charge. But at the same time we did we did decide that we need to make sure <laughs> give somebody <laughs> the reins or it's just gonna yeah. be um Not that it, it wasn't ever like um, any sort of anger or anything it was more just kind of we, we just someone needed to take charge or else it was just nobody knew what was going on. So a couple of us, I think three of us just picked the set list for the first the first worship night at, at, at the theater mm-hmm. and we just tried to we really just picked a lot of the common songs that most most churches would know. We had tried to get a few hymns in there. And then a couple, you know, that are just very common. How great is our God? Those types of songs that that everybody knows.
0: Yeah.
2: Um,
1: And we tried to come up with, like, we threw out songs that were really familiar to each of our churches. And I think maybe we threw out four or five songs per church. And then from that list, we tried to take as many that were common as possible hmm. so that everybody that showed up was at least going to know something.
2: I think the first year after we did that first event, uh, an African American friend of mine, we, we went out to coffee afterwards, and he was just like, Hey, I, I didn't know. And he was in the choir, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, You know what? I didn't know a single song we sang tonight. <laughs> and he was in the choir. Yeah. And he's, you know, very uh, just truth right on his sleeve. And I took that very seriously. I love Black gospel music. I love all, all sorts of music. And I think ever since that event, not that, I mean, we did some hymns. I, I think he was overstating. He obviously knew Amazing Grace. Yeah. And now found, but um, yeah. Ever since then, I think uh, we've tried to really push to to, to push ourselves, uh, even musically. I think for me, that's been the most fun is hearing a black gospel song and just or looking at a chord sheet for a black gospel song and, and being just freaked out at how. <laughs> <laughs> complex it yeah is. that's enough of a challenge right there <laughs> so that's and that's been fun getting some of my uh african-american friends from other churches um in town to to really lead those songs and and show us and we we, we both it's, it's just been fun to watch watch that and there's just such a mutual respect for each style that has been fun to uh to, to jump in sure.
1: and what we did for the set list this time around was we did the same thing where we kind of sat around and pulled out songs that were common between our churches but we also had um, a bunch of original songs that artists from within our worship collective had written and um, we each submitted one to go on to like a collective EP or something and um, we took those songs and those were songs that we did at the worship night as well in an effort to be able to teach the songs to our city Um, to say that these are songs that have been written from around our city, and these are kind of the anthem songs for what God is doing in Charlottesville. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I can't speak for other churches, but I know that at City Church we've been doing these songs. um, And every time before we do one, I get up and I say, this song's from this church down the road, and you know, this is an opportunity for us to join with them in the song of what God's doing in their congregation. Um, So that was a new thing that we did this past time. Um, that was just really cool to be able to feature original stuff from
0: a the collective. Cool. So speak uh, a little bit to the listener that's, that hears this and they want to do this. What would be their first steps?
1: Build relationships.
2: Yeah, definitely. I would start with, um, finding one or two churches, uh, or worship leaders around town that, that you would, uh, Hope to, to befriend, get to get get together with coffee or grab some coffee with them. Bring this idea up, see what happens. Um, and then I would I would take it slow. I would do that, and then I'd maybe you know spam another ten churches and see if <laughs> anyone's interested. But I would start with a few, so it's not just like one you trying to take over or start something. It's, I think it's it's worked a lot better if there's a few people. That you know for sure are invested and want to do this because I don't know. For me, I I feel like um, most worship leaders want to do this um, at some level. Whether that's whether that's just doing, you know, meeting once a month or once every few months and never doing a worship night. I don't think necessarily you have to do a worship night at every church, but I think for sure most worship leaders want to get to know other worship leaders. Sure. What would
0: you
1: say? Are you asking um, if somebody wants to do this? Are you saying they want to connect with other worship leaders or are you more specific talking to the night of Worship?
0: Oh, the whole thing, I guess, yeah. Where would where would you start there? Yeah.
1: Um, well, yeah, I mean, I would start in the place of, um, of getting to know people intentionally, you know, not, not just knowing their name, but like really with the purpose of doing life with them. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's one thing to call somebody a friend, but it's another thing to be a friend. And so um, I think that I would start there really intentionally building relationships with a couple other worship leaders, whether that means you pull them into an event that you're doing and just build some trust, not just in a relationship, but also musically as well, um, and see what kind of partnerships you can build as you build that relationship with them. Um, Because I think out of that place, there's just so many possibilities of different things that you can do if you really have a trusting relationship with a couple people.
0: Sure. What about some
2: other just practical things? I think asking questions about other worship leaders is, is a way to, to, you know, what songs are you doing? What, what's what been working for you? Um, what, I'm starting a prayer ministry at, at my church. What Have you ever done that? What's a way to, to do that? You know, things like that. And then the other thing is, you know, write with, with other worship leaders. I feel like um, or if you look at, at, at songs most churches sing, almost all of them have been co-written by two or three or four people. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of us think that we need to write every single word of every song um, where I feel like um, music should be collaborative. Mm-hmm. And I think co-writing songs with, with a worship leader from across across town is a great way to, to build that.
0: Sure. Mm-hmm. Can you give some encouragement to, I'm, I'm sure there's a worship leader hearing this and there's kind of like, I am so busy at church that I don't have time to do something like this. Could you maybe give a little encouragement to them why they should, you know, carve out the time and put the effort in to do this and not just be, you know, in their own church context.
1: Um,
0: Let's see here. Um,
2: well, I think if, if they, if that's what they're saying, then they might, they, I don't know if they, I, I would say we're all busy. I would say what's valuable to that person um, for me, the things that I have, have gotten from from Callie, from Joseph, from Dave, from Tucker, from all these worship leaders, from Anton, from Willie, all, all these guys in town, girls, um, Julie, uh, the things that I've learned from worship leaders in town has been extremely valuable to me. The songs I've written with, with Callie and with, and with Joseph and everybody um, has been amazing. Um, so We're all busy, obviously, but I think it's valuable. So that's, I guess, that's what I'd say is it's valuable. And if you, if you think if if what I'm saying seems valuable to you, I I would say you could find time to do it.
1: And I would say I would just encourage people to ask for a perspective shift because um, it's really easy to get myopic about your church and about what you're doing in your church. But I would just encourage people to consider that um, the kingdom of God is so much bigger than our individual churches. And really what we're doing is we are all working together to bring the kingdom of heaven to our cities, to our nation, to whatever. Um, And so why not think outside the box a little bit of how God can use you or to use the puzzle piece of your church in the greater picture um, instead of only thinking about what's happening in your little speck of the world, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that it can seem overwhelming to add something else to your plate but um, if you see it as an obligation then I'm not so sure it's going to bring the kind of value to to your life that it really could as opposed to um, approaching it from a place of saying how can I love somebody better and how can I offer them an opportunity to love me well Um, because I think we all need support everybody needs encouragement even when we don't think we do Um, everybody needs support and when you can When you can enter into a relationship where you can mutually support someone with the same attitude or the same calling that you have and be able to speak wisdom into each other's lives, I just think that there's nothing more valuable than that.
0: That's it for this week's episode of the Ask the Collective podcast. Be sure to give us a call at 209-326-0933 if you want to have your question on the podcast. God bless you today.